Hey guys, this is Chloe. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Infinite Creators podcast. This is the first episode of many that I am so, so excited to create and to share with you and hopefully expand your consciousness and your awareness and open your mind and your eyes up to new ideas and concepts and opinions and yeah i'm really really excited for you to tune in and this episode here is recorded between me and one of my friends anthony um we didn't get to do a proper introduction because it was a pretty rough draft start but um he is from new york he is 32 years old sorry anthony if that's incorrect um and he and i met in bali about a year ago and yeah, you're, we're going to dive into um, meditation and self-consciousness and awareness and money mindset and all sorts of things. So enjoy and please let me know how you liked this episode, rate it, subscribe, all the things. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for all the next coming episodes. Um. I'm just gonna. Yeah, so I think I'm not recording. <laughs> it's gonna throw me off. Yeah, well, just um, just have like a conversation and just like flow. But I guess I personally would like to just ask you questions about, like, pick your brain, really, like just yeah, ask you go questions for it, about, go for it. um, like meditation and like books and different things that you're into because I, well, I mean, I'm thankful that I have a really large community of people that have this sort of like-minded nature so i can speak about this stuff all the time but obviously i love to hear everyone's perspective so this is going to be cool yeah um all right well my first question is what would you say sparked like how long have you been on this like spiritual if i don't know if that's what you want to call it like a spiritual journey or like a more enlightened like self-aware like co- collective consciousness sort of approach to life like sure. what's like what started it for you like was it a book or a podcast or sure 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 um well the story uh, began about 11 12 years ago i did an exchange wow. in brazil i was an exchange student with the rotary rotary uh, it's a rotary exchange and i lived yeah. with three different host families in brazil and i went there as just like your stereotypical american with the really arrogant, like egocentric mindset. I was super into my body, super, really superficial. And yeah. I was basically just programmed through what um, like mass media is trying to do to program all the youth. And I just had these ideas about happiness, like what you need to be happy. And just being in Brazil, there was just, I went through a lot of experiences and I kind of got a glimpse of of life in its more raw form because Brazil doesn't have such a, doesn't have such a heavy social conditioning like in the U.S. So. Yeah, and they're also spiritual there. They're very what? Spiritual. Yeah, there's like a lot of Catholics and then you have, um, yeah, I think the people just have a lot of faith in God in general, which did have a big impact on it, on my experience. And I grew up in a, 
in kind of a Christian family, my mom was super religious and I always rejected that. I was like, hey, get away from me. You guys are losers. You and your, the Bible. <laughs> you and your religious people, you're losers. Just get away. Like you just don't have friends. Like, which turns out it's not so far off. I really, uh, going full circle, like I really have a big beef with, with religion. But yeah. that's how it all started. It was like 12 years ago. Um, I was 17 years old. I'm 32 now, so that was like, <clears throat> that, it all began like that. And then in between, there was just a lot of, it was just like a lot of hardship, like in between those, uh, between then and now. And then my most recent experience has just been through my last breakup and uh, just dealing with like a lot of emotions. So I decided yeah. to, 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 to move to KL. Like I was living in Bali with my girlfriend. We broke up. And you know how Bali is such a small place. Like it's really, yeah. really small. And there was just a lot of drama. I was feeling a lot of bad vibes from people who I don't even know because I know they've taken sides. And it's like, oh, I felt such a, such a bad vibe in Chengdu. And mm -hmm. uh, I was just like, all right, I got to get out of here. So I, yeah. didn't, I didn't want to go explore a new place. I, knew, I had known Kale. So I just said, all right, I'm going to get a, I'm at least going to lease an apartment and I'm just going to yeah. sit with myself and figure this whole meditation thing out. And that's, that's <laughs> the most recent and the most relevant, yeah. the most relevant thing has been happening over the past six months. The whole 12 yeah. years ago, the, the, the initial spiritual awakening was, I don't know. But that was like your first like introduction to like, oh, I can think my own thoughts. I can be my own person. I don't have to conform to this societal conditioning I don't have to you know like you were like oh here's a different way of life here's a different way of living oh yeah that was like 12 years ago I had like this experience with marijuana because I went to this nightclub and and it was my first spiritual experience that I had like this direct download with God because I was going to this nightclub with my friends and waiting to get in I just felt this really bad vibe. It was like my first trip I had ever had in weed. And I was like, had this really bad vibe going into the nightclub. And I was like, something doesn't feel right here. So I left, I went to the end of the parking lot and I was just like alone with for what for me was God. And I just got like a direct download. I like understood life. I was like, nobody really, nobody really like in that nightclub is loving each other. It's just ego. Everyone just wants to be better than each other. The, the really important <laughs> thing is just to be around people who you love. And that's the only thing that matters, how you feel inside. And I guess it was like becoming spiritually sensitive. Wait, when was this? What's that? When was this? 2007. Oh, so it was like 13 years, like a long time ago. <laughs> a while ago, yeah, yeah. And then going back to U.S., it was really hard to re readjust back to U.S. lifestyle because there was just so yeah. much resistance. There's just really this heavy, heavy resistance going to college you have this really, really heavy vibe in the U.S. that's just so cerebral. And so, like, it's hard to judge the whole country, but it was just really heavy. Yeah. Let me tell you travel, I feel like, when you are gone for an extended period of time, you return to the U.S. and there's such a heavy energy. Mm. And for the majority of it, it's negative. And it just feels like you're a part of, like, some weird matrix where you can't do anything. <laughs> and so it's cringe not a fan yeah. how about you what's your what's your deal what's your story what happened to you what was your spark um, I don't really know I actually went like I have never been it's weird to think of like where I am now in terms of like development of my brain and like the way that I think because 
And if you asked anyone I was friends with three years ago, they'd be like, Chloe is a different human being. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't grow up super religious. Like my grandparents and my mom and dad like grew up Christian or going to a Lutheran church. And growing up, like I wasn't forced to go to church. Like religion was not forced upon me. It was like, if you want to come to church, come to church. If not, I don't care. And then we were always like the Christmas and Easter family. Like we always went to church on Christmas and Easter. That's normal. But like how dumb, like why even bother? So like, it's okay, at least it's not so intrusive. Like, it's okay. And I always <laughs> thought like, I never really knew that something outside of traditional religion existed, like something outside of what's taught in the Bible, like God, disciples, Jesus, like this whole concept. And I always just thought it was really dumb, but because I didn't see the greater picture, like I didn't see how like all of it, like spirituality, Buddhism, Christianity, whatever, they all kind of go hand in hand. And then when I was in college, I was like drinking, you know, the standard American 18 to 22 year old lifestyle, (laughs) like, in college, drinking four to five days a week. Oh, shit. The whole shebang, sleeping with random people, like, (laughs) not a good path to be on. It's not sustainable. And then one day, my friend, it literally all started. Shout out to my friend, Natalie Gower. She introduced me to the law of attraction. Like, she, she was, it was like my first time ever talking with her alone like usually we were always drunk at a bar and then we had like a night in and she was like Chloe have you ever heard about the law of attraction like I feel like you would know about it and I was like I literally don't know what that is this was in probably 2015 so pretty like not that long ago and I was like nope don't know what that is no idea what you're talking about and she was like go home tonight and watch the secret on Netflix like that's it just go watch the secret and then let me know And I was like, all right, cool. I'll watch The Secret. So I went home, watched The Secret, and my mind was blown. Like, I was just like, (laughs) I've never heard anything of this concept before. And I've always been, like, a naturally really positive person. Like, things have always come to me really easily, I felt like, because I was just really positive and, like, had, thanks to, like, my parents, like, I had a really strong belief and faith in myself and, like, my ability to succeed. And so, like, I feel like I was always implementing the law of attraction, like unknowingly, obviously. The law of attraction is always in motion, whether you know about it or not. It is whether you know it or not, yes. Yeah, so I was just like, whoa, like you're telling me there's an actual like metaphysical law behind the way that I've been living and I can like deliberately create my life in addition to like the amazing life that I already have, whatever. So I was just blown away. I was telling everyone about it. I was like, you need to watch The Secret. Um, And that was like my first introduction to like using your mind to control your reality sort of thing. And then like in that same week, someone that I went to college with um, posted on his Instagram a book. His name's Adam, actually, (laughs) who introduced me to it. Um, Posted about The Power of Now by Eckhart. On his Instagram, everyone needs to read this book. And I was like, cool, I'm going to buy it because I don't read books, but I'm going to read this one. Um, And I read that book and that book changed everything for me because he talks so much about the ego, the ego and the pain body and accessing 
your subconscious mind and like using your mind to heal disease and all this crazy stuff all in that book. And when I finished that book, that was like, boom, like everything just clicked for me. It was like the missing piece to the puzzle almost. So that was my, that was my like first introduction to that. And then from there, it was just, I was on a quest. Like I was addicted to learning about this stuff. I've, I bought so many books, started meditating, started journaling, started all of that stuff. And then through, like I found through meditation that it was so easy for me to connect to myself and to my breath and to my heart and to like consciousness, like to connect to this higher state of mind. And then I became addicted to it because I found so much peace in myself. Um, especially when I was living in a world that was like not very conscious, like in terms of people, like going to a bar every single week and you're around just nothing but unconscious blacked out people. <laughs> so like so I found you were, you were in medicine. college at the time you're in California right yeah I had just graduated I graduated college in 2015 okay. and then yeah I was living in Hermosa Beach and it was just like party central and <laughs> that's why um, I, I know Hermosa Beach and the other one what's the other Manhattan, one maybe uh, Manhattan Beach no, no, like no, right no. next to Redondo Beach no, Hermosa and then there's one like a little bit I think it starts with a B Hmm, I don't know. But anyway, it's a nice, it's a nice area. It's cool. You're yeah. Lucky. Yeah, but it was a lot of cool place. drinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of drinking. So yeah, I found peace in meditation because I was still like, I was dipping my toes in the spiritual world in a sense, but I still had this weird egoic attachment to like wanting to fit in with other people by like drinking and going out on the weekends. And I had a hard time saying like no to going out Sure. When, when internally I wanted to stay in and like meditate and like put a crystal on my third eye. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, that was kind of my introduction. But. I've been looking for crystals. I want to buy, I want to buy some crystals. I did the, I did the sage in my house, which actually really helped. And I put your oh, music, I played yeah. the music. Chloe, she, uh, she gave me some YouTube music to clean the energy and I saged my whole house. And since then, actually worked. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or whatever, but my the yeah. energy has totally changed, and it's really really nice. So thanks for that. Yeah, it's like four four twenty eight hertz frequencies, everyone. <laughs> if you need to dispel negative spirits from your from your households, yeah, that it, will it's super necessary. <laughs> so anyway you 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 like feeling just like alone they were going through that stage where you're like fighting the ego that wants to go out and be with your friends but you have yeah. discovered this inner peace that you can just find yeah. by yourself that's awesome how old were yeah. you yeah i was 20 21 19 20 somewhere around you're there still, you're still kind of a baby you're still, yeah, you're, you're still kind of a baby off topic but like i honestly realized like i can't date anyone less than 25 like 25 26 is like yeah, well. my cutoff really 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 can't well, my cutoff is at like 29 like i will not date anyone less than 29 like get away from for me. you for you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay wow 20 especially 25 and below that's like danger zone <laughs> But you know what, this whole stereotype about like men develop slower than women and all of that, I kind of want to break that because, you know, I really, I've just noticed like any girl, even she's mature, like under 25 is an issue, really, because I'm 32, like, 
24 is eight years different. Like imagine what you can accomplish and learn in eight years. One, eight like, years. Eight years from now and how much you've learned. Totally. I'll be like gender, basically you know? ascended to heaven in eight years. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. I mean, imagine in eight years, like there's a big gap there, regardless of gender. Like there's just experience. Yeah. There's a lot of experience that you'll have in eight years that's going to yeah. really shape who you are. Like we all think we know, but I don't know what I'm going to learn in eight years. Like it's just a lot of experience. Like you have the, yeah. the total right direction. I totally admire you. Yeah. What you're doing. With I don't your like spirituality is so cool because I feel like it propels you and accelerates you forward in terms of maturity, like so much quicker than anything else. Because the more, the greater level of awareness that you have, self-awareness, like what's going on in your head, how to process emotions, how to process thoughts, how to articulate what's going on in your mind, like the more mature and like, well, what would you call it? Like well curated you are as a human being, you know, like you could have a 19 year old that grew up in a Buddhist temple and they would probably be smarter than you are now as a 30 year old. I mean, imagine if we had a society where we taught our youth these type of fundamental concepts from a young age, young age. Imagine the type of society and the type of world we would live in if everyone yeah. got this type of teaching when they're younger. You know, it would just we meditation, like just switching like the first thirty minutes of school to meditation rather than reading a text like a math textbook or or the pledge of allegiance to the flood <laughs> rather than acting like a cult for the first five minutes of school <laughs> I mean, yeah like to go yeah. down the rabbit hole of all of that it's all on purpose you know the the, the yeah. government and big business they all have a specific purpose they're not stupid they know what they're doing programming people from a yeah. young age to they understand psychology they understand how to program people emotionally and psychologically like we are a product of our society that we that we lived in and i recognize that when i when kind of like i took the the blue pill and just opened my eyes like oh yeah i'm a total product yeah. of, of like yeah. what i thought like why why was i like yeah. that why was i so self-centered why was i so superficial why did i have this attitude it's programmed like they're not even your own yeah. it's not like oh i'm a bad yeah. person no, no no you've been programmed from a young age through all the music and all the media and all the things that they, they sell you, like in order to be to, to be validated, you need to be sexy. In order to you know be happy, you gotta have a lot of money. You know, in order yeah. to feel good about yourself, you have to win, and uh, you have to be better than other people. Ego, the way like really conditioning the ego. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and they know what they're doing because if you create machines, you create predictable machines when you know how to program them in that way. Yeah, you're an unpredict. You're an ex like. You're an X like factor for for the government for the higher ups. You're unpredictable. Yeah. No, they, they you're an unknown. Like these type of yeah. people, they don't want. They don't want because you're actually thinking for yourself. Like you're actually awake and you can actually decide what is right and wrong without just like the social conditioning of like oh well that's, everyone else is doing it so it's okay or no he's weird yeah he's he's a weirdo like no you actually can think for yourself and be like actually what he's saying is true you know. You can actually yeah. stand up for what you know to be right. And obviously, government and money, capitalism, money doesn't want that. They don't want people to <laughs> thinkers. They don't want that at all. So, yeah. That's Sorry, cool. I'm going to grab my laptop charger really quick because my laptop. Uh, okay, okay. One sec.
um, yeah, going back to spirituality, like what you're talking about with conditioning and stuff, like that's the first step to spirituality. That's the first step to meditation, to self-awareness is like learning how to think for yourself, like stepping outside of the program, right? Like just like taking a step back, looking at everything from a bird's eye view and being like, whoa, I've never actually thought for myself. I've never actually thought about meditation or being conscious of my own decisions. I've never thought about where my food comes from. I've never thought about how the government actually works. I've never thought about how shitty the school structure is or X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah, like you opened Pandora box, you thought for the first time, like, whoa. Yeah, like, oh, I have my own thoughts. (laughs) These are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When it comes to, I'm curious, like, when you first got into meditation, did you, was it something that came easily to you? Or did you struggle a lot with, like, the idea of meditation? Or did you start with, like, guided meditations? Or, like, how did you get into a place where, like, you enjoyed it? Because a lot of people struggle with it. They're like, I can't meditate. I can't. And I'm like, well, no one can. <laughs> like, you have to, it's a practice. Sure, sure, sure. Um, started with Osho maybe five, six years ago. I read books on Osho, and he kind of gave me a good base of what is meditation. It's not so much meditation. I learned that in that stage that meditation is not sitting and like doing some type of chant or like that. That's not necessarily meditation. Meditation is a way of life, it's a way of being. And yeah. it's like living meditatively. Like everything you do should be meditative. Like you sweep yeah. the floor should be meditative. You know, you're talking yeah. to should be meditative. It's doing things consciously. So that gave me like a pretty good understanding of like what is meditation and not have this daunting thing of like, I just got to sit in silence and torture my knees for three hours. Like, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. I agree. I was telling, I was saying that to someone the other day because they were asking for my advice on meditation. I was like, I think what you and like what everyone needs to understand about meditation is that it doesn't have to be so rigid in turn, like in the sense of like, you don't have to be sitting cross-legged with sage burning and crystals and be able to close your eyes and just drop into this meditative state. Like meditation can be riding your bike through the neighborhood and observing the clouds or laying in the park and looking at the trees blow in the wind. Like meditation is presence. That's it. Totally. So whether you're sitting in a park looking at the clouds or whether you're sitting in your meditation altar in your room, it doesn't matter. Like it's about being, being, be, it's about being, <laughs> like about being still, being present. And whether you have thoughts going through your head or not, it's still meditation. You're still aware and present. Totally. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it's really good to understand that. That gives you like a good base about meditation. So it's not such a daunting thing. Um, yeah. With that said, the sitting meditation still is really important because it actually makes you, it, it puts an intention. Because if you want to actually learn how to become a master, self-master, um, mm-hmm. you need to have that like intention of how you're going to do it. Like, yeah, riding your bike can be meditative. You can do all of that stuff. And that's a really, that's, that's because meditation is this big broad thing. But if you want to actually become a master of thought and you want to actually like learn how to quiet your mind, like you actually want that. You know, I've been thinking about what you told me before. Like it's hard for me to just quiet my mind. Like I want to have a silent mind. 
and it's and I was thinking about that and I was like I think it's about where you're at like some people are totally like comfortable with just like I, I will use the analogy of a car like some people just got their license and they really just want to drive like I want to manifest I want to create I want to be creative with my thoughts you know I want to keep moving and you know only after you've been driving for many many years it's like you know what? I just want to sit and I don't want to drive anywhere like it just yeah. depends on kind of where you're at with your yeah and like what you want to achieve mentally yeah it totally depends where you're at and uh, also understanding the mood your mind has a mood sometimes it wants to be creative and sometimes it wants to think and think about concepts just for the sake of thinking about them and you know not being super rigid with the mind like trying to order order the mind like you don't have understanding that there are a few concepts you really have to understand like you can't order the mind as if it's like a tv like you don't have a remote control on like actually controlling your mind, there's a, you have to understand it's like, it's impossible to control your subconscious. Like you can't directly tell it to do anything. So yeah. you, if you understand that concept, then you're just going to let go of it and you have to use some other techniques to become a master of your own thought. So, yep. I mean, there is a, there is a definite process to it. And I've just been coming, becoming like really, really good at it lately. Like these past couple months, I've just become really, really good at that. And um, <clears throat> there are two things that I want to, to discuss because I made a video on it like two or three months ago mm-hmm. about prayer and meditation. Because I mm-hmm. feel like there are two camps of people. People in the prayer camp, that's, that for me, prayer is like law of attraction. That's like yeah. manifesting. And then there are people in the meditation, like Buddhist camp, like, oh, I just want to empty my mind and become thoughtless. There are two camps. And honestly, I've just discovered my my own self that when I go sit and meditate in the same session, same maybe half an hour session, part of it will be meditation, part of it will be prayer. And there's a back and forth because part of it is just silence and observing. And part of it is actually consciously problem solving or wanting to create something and there's a back and forth and both are super important and to understand that you need both i think i think you need both like you understand you need to understand how to just be silent and be quiet and manifesting and creating all that stuff is also super cool and there's no reason why anyone shouldn't do it so like the two yeah and it's just another like doing prayer manifestation whatever is just another form of or extension of meditation as well like if you're visualizing or praying or whatever it may be like you're you're still present with your thoughts you're aware of what's going on in your mind and that's like the whole point sure um yeah i mean there's a lot to it you can go pretty deep into it i'm just trying to get a feel for where you're at and like what what kind of um what you're curious about, what you like talking about, because yeah. it depends on like where you're at. I don't want to bore you with stupid things. I just like, no, I like relevant, you know. I love hearing what people's methodology is when they say, "Okay, I'm gonna sit down and meditate right now." Like, what does that look like for you? Like in your head when you sit down and you close your eyes, what's happening in your head? What's the experience that happens from like the moment you start till the moment you end? And how long do you typically meditate for? Sure. So it's typically like 
I'm going to go sit down with no mindset. For me, it's a new experience. I'm going to go sit just to sit for the sake of sitting. I'm yeah. not going to go in there with a mindset of like, what is meditation? For me, it's a refresh moment for me to like, maybe I'll discover a new understanding of meditation in those 15 minutes sitting there. So for yeah. me, it's destroying mindsets. Like on my Instagram, I have for the longest time, creator and destroyer. And understanding that concept for me was really important because we're constantly creating mindsets. We're constantly creating understandings of life. Meditation for me was deprogramming, destroying mindsets. Like get rid of these mindsets because these are limiting mindsets. A lot of mindsets we have are limiting. Destroy them. Allow yourself to experience the mind afresh, experience a new, yeah. and you'll get a new mindset. You'll get a totally new perspective. And that for yeah, me is meditation. And yeah. Yeah, and it's enjoying as well. It should be enjoying, like you're just sitting there with no problem to solve, um, yes. with nothing to, yeah, should be enjoying. Like you should just enjoy, like if you know how to just enjoy being, that destroys boredom. Then you don't have to be afraid of being bored because I feel like that's such yeah. a fear for people. Like, like so maybe subconscious fear of like, what am I going to do if I'm just alone with myself? I'm going to get bored because I got bored before. These are like subconscious thoughts that go through a lot of people. Yeah, it's like a weird limiting belief slash programming where, and I feel like a lot of people just, especially with how engaged we are in this society in terms of technology, like we, it's not very often that the standard person is just alone with themselves, True. with no phone, no distractions, no other people except for when they're sleeping. That's like the only time when someone is like alone with themselves. Yeah, so true. to like step, it's pretty much like stepping. So it's weird, but for a lot of people, I think they would say it's like stepping outside of their comfort zone to meditate. But it's like how wild, like what a wild concept that is. Like you can't sit with yourself, you know? And that that's half the battle. Like for someone who's never meditated, who's never implemented this practice, that's half the battle is being like, Chloe, you're going to sit with yourself and <laughs> you're going to sit down, you're going to close your eyes and you're going to, you're going to figure out what comes up. And for me, that is like the biggest battle I'm having with meditation right now. Cause I have so much going on in my life that when I sit down to meditate, it's hard for me to shut off my brain. Cause I have so many people to respond to so many emails to do so many collaborations to work on so many of this, so many of that, that when I sit down, I'm like, all right, like, how am I going to get, how am I going to get to a place where I can enjoy this 15 minutes or this 30 minutes, you know, but it's also about that le the level of surrender and then knowing like surrender and selflessness, I feel like are two big parts of meditation. Cause a lot of people, especially with their jobs and if they're a mom or a dad and they have kids to tend to like they have a hard time saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to take 30 minutes of my day to myself and sit in meditation. Like a lot of people I would assume would use the excuse of I, I can't because I don't have time, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's a kind of a daunting thing for people. Um, and then because of that, there's like a huge level of resistance when they sit down because they're like opening one eye, like has it been 15 minutes yet? <laughs> like waiting for it to be over, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think a big part of it is like you just have to go into it and like find enjoyment of it. Like if you're not enjoying it, yeah, like, like it's not that like you shouldn't do it. It's just that there's something you got to work through. 
um, to actually start enjoying it because really if you can just enjoy being by yourself just enjoy being that that's like the most amazing thing and that's that's the conflict that's like the conflict between the buddhist and the manifestors because a buddhist would just say well if i'm completely content here just sitting by myself in a cave <laughs> like why would i want to go manifest the mansion or ferrari why because i'm totally content here that's the right. difference you know that's that's why there are two camps but i'm trying to to bridge them in a practical sense for the practical human because we're all in between the two and what what i've learned from a lot of like buddhist books books that i've learned or that i've read is that like you can use that moment to sit to have profound realizations of what really satisfies you and what really what you really want just by sitting and then you can move that when you have these profound realizations it's an easier like transmission into your subconscious for things that you want so use like moments of meditation to some, kind of figure out like what is it that i just by sitting and you have that baseline of just like yeah. I'm totally happy here like what could i want that could actually add anything to this like what what would be like an actual good thing to add like if i gave you a billion dollars i'd be like all right here's a billion dollars go shopping in the mall You'd be like i want this and that and this and that and that but it's like yeah. if you're really if you've really meditated a lot and i gave you a billion dollars to go shop in the store you'd be like i really Maybe I don't want all of this. Maybe there are a few things that I want. So you're, yeah. much more, you're much more like particular on what do you really want to add to your life? Like whereas being someone, more deliberate. Yeah, like where someone with, uh, with no experience in meditation, but they just jump into law of attraction, like, I can get anything I want. Yes. Like, I'm gonna... you think about it. Like, imagine you got everything you want. You're still you. Imagine you're in your mansion. You got your success, your successful business. You're a successful musician. You're, you know, you've got a lot of people, all this good vibes, all these good people around you. You know, like you've got everything you wanted. You're still you and there's still going to be you time, you time to be alone. So you need to like consider that, like that, that you time you have to be by yourself, that baseline of how much you enjoy just being by yourself. That's not going to change when you manifest it, everything you want. Yeah. Like, so you have to understand what do I want to manifest? Like I want to manifest particular things like a lot of joy in my life like a lot of love um the right like the right people you know instead of like i want to manifest this like car or like this vacation or like this house like, it, it just makes you meditation allows profound realizations where you realize like what actually satisfies you and then mm -hmm. through those once you know consciously what you really want then you can transmit that through law of attraction through prayer, through intentional prayer into your subconscious. And then that starts the whole quantum like attraction magnetic thing of getting what you want. So I think they go hand in hand, like really understanding, being good, like being like deep into meditation really helps yeah. you get what you really want. Um, Do you, would you say when you go into meditation, because it's almost like intention setting is kind of what you're saying, like going into a meditation with like an tension or like a more deliberate approach to it like do you ever do that when you meditate no like what i said like when i go to meditate i've got no intentions i've got no mindset i'm just going to sit intention mm -hmm. would be like prayer i have this intentional thing that i want in my life that, i mean i'm just i'm like this is semantics maybe what i'm calling a tomato maybe you call it a yam 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> like it might be, might be semantics, like the way, the way that I'm talking about it. And that's our basic human problem is that we use this crude communication process of words to try to communicate something. Um, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah, intention is more geared towards prayer. I've just, I've separated the two in my head because I see how they're mm -hmm. different. But maybe for you, they're kind of the same thing. For me, it's like, if I want something intentional, like I'm gonna go sit down with this intention. Like, I gotta work this out with my subconscious. I know my subconscious yeah. is infinitely intelligent, infinitely wise, wise, infinitely creative. I know that, he's like my, he's like my inner child, like my inner genius. And like, we're friends. I can't control <laughs> him, I can't like. But we're friends. <laughs> we're friends, we work together. And on a side note, my ego also, we also work together. That's something also I've, I've learned that you have to not destroy the ego. You need to partner with it and be like, be my friends. ego. Yeah, you're yeah. friends. You are friends. And you work yeah. together with these different parts of yourself. Yeah, because I feel like some, some people portray that you need to like eliminate the ego and the ego is bad, 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 bad. Yes. But it's actually the complete opposite it's more so shedding light on the ego and recognizing the ego and acknowledging the ego and understanding okay these are the downfalls and the pitfalls of my ego but there there are also pros to the ego as well other than just cons like if we were human beings without an ego like we almost need that ego in some senses you know yeah you you need it you're communicating to me through your ego through your your yeah. person like your ego is your independent self. It's like the illusion of, of uh, separation. Like I'm still Anthony, like Anthony is my ego. Like that's how yeah. I can understand it. Like my body, my communication, like my brain, like this separation is the ego. I use it like on my Instagram to communicate to other people. Like I'm communicating to you through my ego, my inner true self, which is your inner true self, like the infinite self, like the unity consciousness is then manifesting itself through this Anthony ego and it's communicating through your ego and we use it because it's a functional way of, of uh, it's a, it's a functional mechanism in this three dimensional world. We live. Like you need to understand yeah. what it is. And like, yeah. once you can see it, just like you said, it's perfect when you said like you shed light on it. When you understand what it is, you just become aware of it. Like I know what my ego is. And actually Instagram has helped me a lot. All my videos that I do when I, and I like, kind of watch myself. I'm like, that's your fucking ego, man. Like, that's your ego. Like, yeah, that is, I've learned a lot about myself through Instagram. Like, I see my videos later yeah. on. Like, yep, that's just you showing off. That is you showing off to give you, you know, like, you can learn, you can learn about it. That's the most important thing. Yeah, just, oh, as long as you have an ego paired with awareness, then I feel like it's okay. But it's when the ego is acting destructively on its own and there's absolutely no awareness attached that's when there's problems right yeah you are this enlightened being <laughs> i totally like see you like levitating there's a like stupid phrase that i've seen going around on instagram that's like the ego is not your amigo <laughs> and like that's not true you have to be friends with the ego for sure, the ego me. is your amigo <laughs> for sure and when you also learn that other part of you, like the infinite subconscious, amazing book. I highly, highly recommend have you, if you've never read it before, The Power of Your, of your Subconscious Mind, Dr. Joseph Murphy, life-changing, mm. amazing book. 
add it to the list. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, really, that really changed my whole understanding of conscious subconscious, which is like, should be black and white for you. And when you yeah. actually understand what is your conscious mind, what is your subconscious mind, when it becomes internally black and white to you, because it is black and white, it, it's part of who you are. Like conscious, conscious mind is all of my reasoning when I want to reason, when yeah. I, when I want to like compare things like, oh, this is more expensive, but this is like smells better. This perfume, like it's like more expensive, but I like the smell. So like, all right, I'll go with the one that smells better. I'll spend a little bit more money. That's my conscious mind reasoning. That's conscious right. reasoning. Unconscious mind doesn't have that same type of reasoning. It's like irrational. It's the irrational mind. Conscious yeah. mind is able to play with ideas and think about things and ponder things. Here and, and, uh, and it's like you're, you're, it's like the way that I'm speaking to you. It's also your like inner voice when you say something to yourself. You're saying it consciously with intention. So like we play with this computer screen of like the conscious mind. We yeah. play yeah. with it there. And then once we've decided, all right, this is true. This, this is true. I believe it. Then that's what goes into your subconscious. Like when you've yeah. like decided, I've concluded. I've concluded Chloe's an intelligent person. Like I've just like concluded, all right, boom. Yeah. It goes into like my subconscious as a belief. That's how you form beliefs. You believe you form beliefs consciously. Yeah. Like understanding very, very black and white. Like what is conscious mind? What is subconscious? Will really help with un with, with meditation. Because you'll realize, all right, well, whatever whatever things are going on consciously is okay. I'm consciously aware of what I'm saying, what I'm telling my subconscious, what I'm thinking about. That's okay. That's my conscious mind. I can control it. My subconscious mind is not so easy to control. It takes a little bit more, like, it takes a little bit more time, and a little bit more convincing. You know, it's like, yeah. Understanding those two things is super, super powerful. So, the book, uh, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, it's like basically law of attraction, but before law of attraction was a thing. Right. That's really cool. Um, Who's it by, did you say? Uh, Dr. Dr. Joseph Murphy. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's really I, cool. I, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but yeah, that, 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 that book will, I'm pretty sure it will change your life, your understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, I was just going to say for like people that are diving into um, like a beginner, um, diving into meditation and like being the observer of your thoughts like that's the first step to being self-aware right it's like observing your thoughts observing what's going on in your mind what are you feeling what are you thinking um, I, I think it's Eckhart that talks about this in the power of now and in a new earth as well but like getting in the habit of literally asking yourself every 10 minutes or 15 minutes or hour, whatever it takes, like depending on the severity of like what's going on up there, but just how am I feeling in this moment? And that, that question alone is so powerful because it, it already es like escalates the level of awareness because you're asking yourself, you're consciously asking yourself, how am I feeling in this moment? What am I thinking? What are my emotions? Because if you can answer that and be able to accurately assess that, then the closer and closer you get to becoming self-aware, right? Because you're like, con you're consciously making the effort every hour to monitor your state of being, to monitor 
higher thinking and higher feeling. And the more successfully you can monitor your state of being, the easier everything is, the easier meditation is, the easier manifestation is, because manifestation all starts as a thought, right? Like everything was created twice, first in your mind and then again in reality. So if you, this, this simple practice that Eckhart teaches of just asking, how am I feeling in this moment? That alone will transmute your consciousness to a higher state of being because you're like, oh, like I'm aware of the way I'm thinking and the way I'm feeling. And then you can like, I find myself doing this even in, um, like I've been really diving into the last six months of improving my relationship with money and the way that I feel and think about money and my limiting beliefs about money and how my programming of money and the way that I think about money since I was a child affects like the amount of abundance that's coming into my life. It affects the amount that's in my bank account, like that allows me to live. And the more I think about it, I have had to implement questions such as how am I feeling in this moment to why, like I'll go to the, I even find myself like in the grocery store hesitating, like still embodying limiting beliefs that I had in my head prior to having an improved money mindset. Like, am I not buying these avocados because I don't want the avocados? Or am I not buying the avocados because the avocados are $5 per this avocado? It's expensive. It's too, yeah. This seems expensive. Like, I, I have no, like, I'm at a point in my life where, like, buying a $5 avocado is not a financial burden to me. Like, if I want to buy a $5. No, I, totally, I totally can relate to you. Totally, totally can relate to you. I so can. even that, like, getting, like, I legitimately ask myself, I'm like, Chloe, is this the old story, Chloe, buying avocados? Or is this the new story, Chloe, buying avocados? Because <laughs> the be old fair, story, for, Chloe. To your defense, it, it could be that they are expensive and I'm not going to buy an overpriced avocado. Like, it's still part of the game, you know? It's still, life is still a game. And it's just because you have this money mindset doesn't mean you have to go waste money on overpriced avocados. Like, there's, like, a balance to it, I think. Right. Like, you, you're not... Right, you're, but just, like, just as an example of, like, anytime I'm doing something that involves spending money i always see these limiting belief thoughts come into my head sure. when the whole point of me going through this process is so that i can improve my relationship with money and allow money and abundance and prosperity to flow into my life with effortless ease without any blockages or without any limiting beliefs and yeah the purpose of like the same thing of asking how am i feeling in this moment anytime i'm about to spend money I ask myself the same question. How am I feeling in this moment? Because a lot of times when people are spending money, they're spending money coming from a place of lack and a place of scarcity. And it multiplies the scarcity and multiplies the lack and creates more resistance from more money flowing into their experience. So anytime I spend money, I make sure that I have the conscious intent of monitoring what's happening in my head and saying, Am I going to put myself in a place right now of feeling confident about this money and knowing that all of the money I spend comes back multiplied? Boom. Every time. So like even that is just like going off on a totally different tangent about money mindset. But like I'm saying that those conscious awareness questions that you can ask yourself, like how am I feeling in this moment are so powerful because you're constantly checking in with yourself, you know? Sure. Yeah, becoming, you're being going more consciously aware of yourself, which is super important. 
yeah, it's interesting. I had this con I had this thought yesterday. I don't know. You can tell me how valid it is. I was just thinking, you know, I shouldn't objectify money. Just like you won't objectify your mom. Like you shouldn't objectify yeah. it. You should really be, you should treat it as something sacred, as like a true blessing that is just chosen to be there in your life. Like, like a boyfriend, you know, you shouldn't yeah. objectify your boyfriend. You should just appreciate that it's there. Like don't objectify it. Like it's just money. It's oh, like, uh, just, it's not an object. Money is not an object. It's part of your, it's part of your reality. And I just yeah. had, and it just kind of clicked in my head. Like, I'm not going to objectify money. I'm really going to appreciate it as something like it's chosen to be there in my life. You know, not everyone is this fortunate. You know, I know a lot of attraction exists and then you can talk about money mindset and everything, but literally some people are just not fortunate to have money. Yeah. Like they're just not like some people are not blessed with it. Like just some people have, don't have that blessing. Just like some people don't have a blessing to have a mom or a dad. Like some people yeah. are blessed to have like uh, good health. Like, don't objectify your body. Like, oh, it's just an object. No, no, no. Be very grateful you have a body. Like, that's kind yeah. of where I'm at with money right now. I'm just, like, looking at it not as an object, kind of as something that's chosen to, to be there in my life, as something really sacred, and not everyone has it. Like, not everyone has a mom. So, I, but I do understand your, 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 the, the, the scarcity yeah. mindset. And, the, and I have the same thing. I have the same thing with the avocados. I'll go, you know, honestly, the other day, was, I think it was yesterday, the day before, I think one avocado was like 10 ringgit. And I'm like, mm, it's expensive, 10 ringgit for one avocado. Mm. So anyway, I got lunch and they gave me like half, a, half an avocado for an extra like two ringgit. And I was like, all right, fuck yeah. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe it's not all bad. I get, I get what you're saying and I understand that because it can be really bad. I'll tell you a story. Uh, before my grandma passed away, this was like maybe three years ago. Um, we took her to go like look at a shop. She wanted to go to this. I think it's like they sell. I think oh William Sonoma. They sell like different cops and things. And she's just like she's old. She's like 80, 88. And she, the woman has tons of money. Like she's <laughs> she's got tons of money. Well, she had, and she had like two glasses like they were like five dollars and she was just we could just both look at her she was just going through this internal thing like should i spend this five dollars on these cups like and we could just see her like going through this this like internal struggle at like 85 yeah. with like millions of dollars in the bank and she's like going through this struggle of like what should i do like, and we just both looked at her and it's like wow <laughs> we were both <laughs> Wow, that's just like a complete, like a very good example of like poverty mindset. Even though you have, she has yeah. a lot of money, she's got, still got this poverty mindset of like, um, yeah. what was it? The Great Depression. But she was alive yeah. in the Great Depression. But it just goes to show, like that example that you just shared, like goes to show like how deeply rooted our beliefs can be in our minds, even once we've attained a level of abundance right like yeah. your grandma had millions of dollars and is hesitating to spend ten dollars on two cups like what is ten dollars on two cups but it's this like insanely deeply rooted limiting belief that like oh i shouldn't spend money because i don't technically need this but that's what i'm trying to remember like when it comes to back going back to the avocados like I don't need to spend $5 on an avocado, but I want an avocado. So I'm going to buy it regardless because 
all the money I spend comes back multiple. Yeah, it's worth it for your health. But you know, it's weird. Like some people. Worth it for saturated fats. <laughs> What's that? I said it's worth it for the saturated fats. It's super good. <laughs> I love avocados. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The my friend. I really. I heard this the other day, and I really liked it. Um, my friend Ricky was explaining um, abundance and like this idea of prosperity in terms of an orange tree. It's a really interesting analogy, and I thought it was really orange prosperity Chinese New Year. How festive! <laughs> yeah. No, but it was like Chinese. Um, like, <laughs> no, he's not. But like going back to this idea of scarcity or like um, the poverty mindset, and a lot of people, especially our parents and our grandparents, had this idea that like we need, you live in a state where you need to save for social security, for retirement, for accidents, for emergencies, for whatever, and holding, like we have to hold on to money. We can't spend money because we have to hold on to this money. We have to hold on to this money, holding on to this money, holding on to this money, right? Ever, so many people think that like, oh my God, you don't have savings? Like, what are you doing? Um, and that's obviously operating out of a lack mindset. It's the idea that there's never enough, that there's not more coming. This is all we have and there's no more. Um, but what nature can teach us, and in this case, what Ricky was explaining through the orange tree is that nature, nature and these material things such as money, like there's nothing that sets them apart because it's all energy. And energy in this world is abundant. It's infinitely abundant and you can use nature as an example like you can learn so much about our material world and the physical world that we live in through observing nature and so like he was describing our bank account as an orange tree and saying like okay you have this orange tree right there's hundreds of oranges on the tree and you have all this oranges money and the, the oranges are falling but instead of your there's no way you can spend all this money there's no way you can eat all these oranges and instead of eating or giving out the oranges to your neighbors like you're hoarding them all for yourself and you can't even finish them all because they go bad before you can eat the hundred oranges that have fallen off the tree you know that's a really so good example yeah describing is like knowing like living in the state of abundance is knowing like my orange tree no matter how much money or how many oranges i give to my neighbors is going to keep growing oranges i am going to be provided for always i'm always provided for because my orange tree is always giving me oranges it's never going to let me down it's always just going to keep giving me oranges so when i have extra oranges to spare when i have so many oranges on the ground that i can't eat them all i'm going to give them away and i'm going to keep the abundance flowing because i have so much to give that i need to give it you know i can't there's no value in me holding on to this and the reason he was explaining that is just like there's so much power in giving because giving is giving away money is synonymous with faith and with trust that I know that the more I give, the more I'll receive. And there's an infinite amount of money or oranges in this case that will come back to me sure. the more I give. Yeah, no, I really that's, super like good. That. yeah. that's super good. There are like passages in the Bible, like in this, in the similar way, like there was one about the, it was a master who gave his one of his each one of his servants some money and then when he came back one of the servants like here i you gave the money with the money you gave me i've invested it and i've doubled it and the other one was like well with the money you gave me like i was afraid so i buried it and here's your money back and he's like the master who came back is like 
you horrible servant, get out of here. Like, well, you should have yeah. been interested in, you know, like, it's, a sim it's a really similar and it has to do, like, it's a very, very fundamental concept to understand, but have to understand, like, that needs to get deeper rooted into your subconscious, like, consciously thinking about it. Yeah, okay, once we've got that understanding, like, yeah, it's the orange tree, it's abundant and like strike when the iron is hot, like it's, you know, hot potato, like it's, you gotta, you gotta, you have to use it while it's hot, you know, and actually, technically, your money is being devalued every minute. Inflation is actually causing your money to be valued less and less. So uh, money yeah. is liquidity um, and it, it should be used as like, it should be used as liquidity because like it's not something to hoard. It really is something. It's currency. You should be moving it around. Yeah. Um, that actually flows with nature, and that's actually like it's a really good example for it. I feel like once you get that into your subconscious, which has to do with this, is something else I've been realizing lately: relaxation. If you can mm. relax and you have this idea, like really present consciously, like I know money is like the orange tree. I don't want to hoard these oranges because they're going to go bad. Like that's why giving is important. That's why abundant understanding abundance is important. And then you move that into your subconscious through relaxation. It's like so much better than like forcing it. Like, yes, repeating, repeating, repeat it, repeat it. No matter how many times you repeat it, if you're not like relaxed and allow it to flow naturally into the subconscious, it's hard for it to get in there. That's why I think yeah. a lot of the, yeah. Um, that's why I think like a lot of these uh, like kind of guided meditations and manifestation things that are just repetition are useless mm -hmm. because if you don't actually believe it, if it mm -hmm. actually is not profound realization of this is true, then it doesn't matter yeah. how many times you repeat it because that's just borrowed, borrowed knowledge. That's just something I've yeah. someone else repeated. Like you are abundant. You are strong. You're wise. You're intelligent. Yes, yes, I am. I'm abundant. I'm wise. I'm intelligent. But wait, if you haven't had this... Yeah, it's like in one ear and out the other almost. Yeah, of course. You have to have your own profound realization of, oh, wow, that is true. And then yeah. you realize it as truth, you can move it to the subconscious. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I was thinking that literally last night in my meditation, like I was... Like if you have, if you're trying to use affirmations as a way to bring about success or release limiting beliefs... And you're spending, you're listening to guided meditations. They're like, I am prosperous. I am rich. I am beautiful. And you're listening to these powerful affirmations. Like you can listen to that all day long. Yeah. But if you can't confidently say those affirmations on your own with right. conviction and with faith and with belief in every ounce of your body that you actually believe what you're saying, then it's literally going to do nothing. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's like you're essentially a robot. You have to, for me, it's like getting to the core of it. Like, how can I make myself believe this? How can I deem this to be true for me? How can I obtain an amount of faith that will allow me to feel like, yeah, all the money I spend does come back multiplied. Or yes, I am successful at everything I do. Or I am loved by everyone I know. You know, like whatever that affirmation is. Like, like, just like you said, like, you can't just listen to these, like, yeah. guided meditations. Like, you have to find them to be true for yourself. True. Like, forcing it is just, it's causing resistance anyways, because you're just like, yeah, yeah, I am abundant. <laughs> like, not yeah, actually. Yeah, abundant. repetition doesn't really do much. Um, hey, I know we're, like, 
going like really long. How much? How long have we been doing this for? It's been a while, right? I'm not sure, actually. I don't know when we started. It should say on your screen in the bottom right-hand corner. Oh, I don't have that. But anyway, um, there's just something I wanted to note. That I, I sent you some notes. I don't know if you had mm -hmm. a tent. If you didn't, it's okay. There was just something else I was realizing the other day. Yeah, I want to hear it. Let's talk oh, about it. writes as an energetic being. No, you writes. Know your rights as an energetic being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is off topic, it's totally different. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, we're bouncing all over, but it's all good things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I had this idea of like, know your rights as an energetic being because you know your rights as a physical being, right? Like, you know yeah. that you have like the right to your body. Like, you know, if like some guy comes up and touches you, like, no, dude, I have the right to my body. Like, you don't have the right to touch me. But we also have rights as an energetic being. Like you, mm -hmm. if you understand that your, your, your vibrational energy is mm -hmm. also um, an extension of you. It's like part yeah. of your, who you truly are. Yeah. Then you understand like, this is my right. This, this ener energetic space that I have is like mine. I have the right to it. And if you know, like I have the right to this energetically, like you have a profound understanding of like, this is my energetic space. Like you don't have the right to come in here. I've, I've been realizing oh wow that's like i can actually like energetically tell these bad vibes like to go because i was dealing with i went to a, out to a party the other day you know there were just some people and i didn't like their energy and i just saw them in my mind like this this person's got like some weird energy and i they, they were like in my mind and i realized like wait a second I have the right to just tell this person to go. Like, they don't have the right to be here. Like, you don't have the right to be in my mind right now. You don't have the right to be in this space, okay? So just please go. And just understanding that, like, I have the right to tell yeah, you the beast, because this is my energy. This is my energy field. This is my right. And we're understanding that as my right, you don't have the right to come here, like, either explicitly or implicitly. Yeah. Like, you can use, you, you can... In, in, you can uh, implement both of those like yeah implicitly my friends people that i love have the right to be share my energy field right so anyway but that was, think, yeah, yeah but that's a it's a good thought because it's like some people don't even realize that almost like that you can you're in charge of like the energy that you surround yourself with and you're allowed to yeah like you have rights to it and being able to say like I'm protecting my energy or I'm like these thoughts do not belong to me. This energy does not belong to me sort of thing. Like you don't have to take it on. Sure. Is that what you mean? Yeah, for sure. It was just like a profound understanding that I sent it to you. I have these thoughts and I'll just write them in my phone. I'll just keep, keep them there. So yeah. Oh, I have like 4,000 notes on my phone. Yeah, but it's good. It's good that you write them down and you just have them there. There was one other one that I wrote. It was, uh, oh yeah, the conscious mind. Because I was thinking about what you said to me, that you, you, you um, like it's hard to quiet your mind. And this is another thing to understand about meditation. When I started my meditation journey about six months ago, I realized that the music that I listened to has such, oh yeah, you saw that on my Instagram. The music that you listen to has such a profound impact on your subconscious, re like repetition yeah. has such yeah, a profound yeah. impact. I realized that when I would uh, 
I started realizing that when I started sitting in meditation, I started sitting in, in silence and I'm sitting and I'm trying to have a silent mind. And the only thing going on in my head is this last song that I was listening to in the taxi. Like it's like replaying in my head. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this yeah. is cool. I don't want to be here. I don't want this repetition, these songs going on in my subconscious. So I just realized, wow, you know, that's something I really don't have control over. I really, like, I can't stop this song. It's, the Germans, they call it the earworm. Like, there's an earworm in my head. So when yeah. I decided I'm just going to stop with all lyrical music, that was just like, it really just jump-started my whole ability to meditate because it could finally get to a quiet mind. And I think this is a big block for people. It's huge, and we don't even realize it. We underestimate the power of music. If you're listening, if yeah. you want to actually meditate, if you want to take meditation seriously, you actually want to meditate, you got to cut out lyrics from, from the music, at least temporarily, for at least for like a month. Yeah, I can see that being such a powerful practice. Like now I listen to music. Now I got music, like some of my favorite, favorite artists I've got back in my life, but I had to go through that period of actually being able to find silence. And I couldn't have done yeah. it if I had been listening to lyrical music. And yeah. like, I, I might do it again. I might go through like a music, like a lyric fast again if I feel the need, but yeah. Did you try? No, I really want to though, because I legitimately always have music stuck in my head. Like usually ah. from the moment I wake up, like right now I have a song stuck in my head. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so I do want to try it. Even if it would, it would be really challenging for me just because I listen to music so much and I like singing and playing guitar and stuff. So it's hard for me to eliminate lyrics but I would like to try it as an experiment because I imagine that it would have a profound impact on my meditation. Totally. I, I think that was the single, like that was the deciding factor to take me further into meditation or not, because I realized that every time I sit down, I've got a song like in my sub, like replaying in my subconscious. And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't mm -hmm. want that. And I just, when, when I stopped, it was just slowly, slowly the music's, quieted down in my head and I just put all like non-lyrical music on my playlist so I'm just strictly like I'm on like a water fast of music only water like it was just really helpful and then I got I got a taste for for just instrumental music I got like a mm. taste for like wow I really like this I'm yeah so really enjoy it I would it, say that would be especially helpful to people who listen to and like you do your thing whatever you like you like but people who listen to like really intense like rap or hip hop music that is rapping about like really like negative derogatory things. So powerful. What? It's so powerful. Lyrical music is so powerful. It might be one of the single most powerful factors that influence and shape our society. Like that. Because, yeah, it's super, super powerful. And, and you think like Hollywood is not aware of the messages that they're putting into the music. It's one of yeah, the most powerful awesome. ways of influencing society. Yep. Because it's got a rhythm and it gets in and then it repeats. It's just an affirmation. It's a repeated affirmation and you believe it. Sounds good. Believe it. It goes into the conscious mind. You believe it. Sounds good. And then you let it into the subconscious. Boom. You've got that like law of attraction playing in your head. Yeah. Well, for anyone listening to this in the future, try, try putting try out really kind of lyrics. Seriously, try it. I think it's like. Yeah, that's really powerful.
I got a playlist well, for you. I've got a playlist. I've got like the yeah. got like the non-lyric. Is it on the um, Spotify? Is it on Spotify? Spotify, yeah, yeah. I'm like not on Spotify. I don't. I'm like the last human on the earth that doesn't have Spotify. What do you use? I use Apple iTunes Music, but oh. I don't know why. I just do. I've had it for like five years, and now I'm like so well. <laughs> I'm gonna get Spotify like after we get off this call so I can have the playlist. Yeah, you should do it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, this has been a very extensive conversation. So cool. So many things to talk about. Like it's all re yeah. it's relevant. It's all relevant. And you know, it, it, like I'm I'm really happy that you exist that I can share these things with because not many people are in my life that it would even be willing to have this conversation people are afraid like eh, I, don't, I don't know what to talk about i don't know so many people are afraid of it you know it's like yeah i don't have many people in my life that will share this stuff that's why i got so excited like, oh she's actually she'll actually have this conversation yeah. that's so cool <laughs> yeah. i think a lot of people have a, like um like a weird fear of having these sort of conversations especially with someone who may or may not like quote unquote like know more than them or like have a higher ability to articulate like certain ideas and thoughts but mainly like I think these conversations are so powerful because it's just sharing it's never like when you're having these sort of conversations it's never about like who's right or wrong or like fighting over an opinion of something it's just sharing our thoughts like mingling our minds together and like hearing each other's minds and i think that's beautiful so. super super cool yeah that's yeah, been awesome amazing really enjoyed it yeah you're awesome keep doing well doing. maybe we'll have a part two of this yeah, I so. and i hope I, I hope to see you in bali i'll see you in chengdu in stop recording i'm gonna stop recording two months yeah okay